0: by emailing us at info at com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting give.
1: Welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am Trent Taylor, your host. And uh, we're going to talk about something that's been pretty heavy on my heart tonight. And for the last, I'd say for the last several months, maybe longer, um, I've had just a burden for the youngest, the youngest generation that's kind of engaging in the workforce and so forth, and that is the, the Zoomers, Generation Z. And so these are the, the kids that were born between 1997 and 2012, roughly. Uh, there's some debate around some of that. Um, but it's a really important conversation that I feel like we need to have because um, whenever I'm going to give you some, just some numbers here, and it's, it's, it'll blow your mind. If you'll recall back to Judges, okay, so when the Judges really kicked in, you have to remember what was going on. When Joshua died, they became, you know, bell worshippers. Well, what happened? Well, I want to begin with some scripture. So let's just start off with Judges, beginning in chapter 2, verse 10. It says that when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. So we're talking about, like, th- this generation no longer believed, even, maybe they've kind of like, you know, how you had people talk about the Holocaust wasn't real and stuff like that. Now, that's maybe a wholly, you know, completely different thing. But when you don't share, even, in fact, if you go around uh, all these, even in current Generation X and boomers and stuff, most people can't tell you, Anybody, anything about their family past, sometimes only grandparents, but it's rare if you can even talk about great-grandparents. Well, this is exactly what happened in the Scripture. In fact, if you'll recall, whenever the uh, Israelites were still, you know, in um, Egypt, it says that a Pharaoh came that did not know Joseph. So, you know, we know the story of Moses and what God did and led them out. Well, <clears throat> God leads them into the land of milk and honey, and then, it came a, a, then all of a sudden, when you get into Judges, I mean— the, the Israelites, they continually turned back to demonic worship, worshiping Baal and the Baals. Well, that what had happened is that when Joshua died, these following generations, they, they had not been telling them about their history, who they truly were, where they came from, and reminding them of what God did for them. So why is that important? Well, I'm going to talk about Generation Z. Generation Z, only two out of ten profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Only two out of ten It's the most lost generation in the history of America. Um, And not only that, the same generation uh, has some very, we're going to talk about it here in a minute, but some very strange political ideologies. Um, They're also the most fatherless generation in history. So there's culpability from my generation, um, from their parents. There's so many fatherless homes. And, you know, when you don't have a stable home life, it's going to produce unstable fruit. These children just don't, you know, they're not. And so there's there's, there's a lot going on. And in some parts of the country, it's far worse than others, obviously. So I want to go ahead and give you some numbers, some statistics, some things that I, as I was studying. But one of the highest suicide rates amongst in a young group of people is Generation Z. They have an extremely high suicide rate. And um, they, sometimes they're being called now the nest generation. Because so many of them that go out into the workforce are <clears throat> because they are really actually so financially impacted by the things going on in the world that they almost can't uh, afford to, to make it outside the home. So you have between the ages of 18 and 25 and a really high percentage. I want to say something. Well, actually have just, uh, I think, 54% is what it says here. 54% uh, are living uh, at home. And I don't really necessarily have a problem with that. If you have a healthy home, I actually think that's a good thing i think that if you're not married and you're going to school and you're you're doing these things i think and then you have a healthy home life then i think it's actually a good thing but here's what's disturbing so this is the most liberal and activist generation in american history a whopping 50 between 50 and 60% support marxism or socialism or flat out communism now the reason i say between 50 and 60 so <clears throat> There was a five-fold increase between the year 2019 and 2020 of this generation that had favorable views of socialism, Marxism, and communism. And when I say this, when we talk about communism, they cannot know history or know anything about who Karl Marx is. I've talked about Karl Marx on this program before, and he was a vile, demonic, evil man. Evil man. And his ideology, Marxist ideology, socialism, it does not work. One of the biggest problems is with this generation is that they have not been taught about our Constitution. It is actively taught incorrectly inside the schools. or not taught at all. And so they don't really know truly what their rights are. And when I hear these young people say, I know my rights, they really don't. And so what do they want to do? Well, think about the year where they grew favorable towards Marxism and, and socialism and communism between 2019 and 2020. What happened? COVID, right? Get this. Generation Z. These have have it is like over seventy percent of this of that generation believe that Trump had more to do with the spreading of COVID than the China's president Xi, Xi <laughs> President Xi Jinping. So if that's the case, where are they getting their information? And here in a little bit, here, here shortly, I'm going to start. I have a couple of, of young people here that that are from this generation that probably can give us some insight. But I, before we, we go. To them. I want to talk just about what we what we need to do. We need to train out the next generation. It says in Psalm 71, 18, it says, Now also when I am old and gray headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. He's saying, I want to I want this next generation when it says I want to declare your strength. I want this next generation to know how mighty you are, God, to pass that baton to the next generation who's going to serve you just like Joshua and Caleb did. Joshua and Caleb, they they were handed the baton, and they did something amazing with it. But what happened—and I'm not—it's a bigger topic than I want to cover tonight, but there's definitely something that happened in the training up of the generation following Joshua. One more thing I want to mention, and then we're going to bring these guys on. It says, remind each generation of mighty acts. Think of this. In Psalms 145.4, it says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts— Again, what has God done in your life? I can tell you just even, you know, from my marriage and seeing people, uh, you know, that have been in my circle, that have been healed um, from things that God has brought me through and out of, I mean, we need to talk about what God has done for us and that we know that it was God and it could have only been God to the next generation. We have got to share our faith with these young people with that being said i have two young men that i would like to introduce to the show i have with me luke taylor i'm going to introduce him first uh this is actually my little brother believe it or not not quite as good looking as me how you doing luke
2: doing good man how are you
1: i'm doing good so yes i'm going to explain it luke is my younger brother he's 26 years younger than me uh so we you know, it's, it's kind of funny when when we mention that. A lot of people don't believe that uh, we can actually be related. In fact, I, I'm going to bring on this next young man, and this would be Nick Emmel. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good. In fact, you mentioned a minute ago, you were even asking us, are y'all really related? So so how yeah. you doing? How you doing, Nick?
3: I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Excited to be here.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. You know, I want to talk to you guys about just uh, your generation. So, Nick, I think you're slightly older than Luke. I think would you remind, you're 22. Is that right, Nick? Yes, sir, 22. And Luke, you're 21. Yes, sir. At least for until you know February, right? Um, yeah. You know, I'm it's,
2: proud of you for remembering that.
1: Hey, I've got five kids. I got put on the spot the other day, seeing if I could remember, remember each of my kids how old they were. Yeah, so I did pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I I want to. I have some questions that I want to pose you guys um first of all do you y'all feel like i mean that y'all's generation um y'all heard me talking here in kind of the uh at the beginning of the podcast just about it's the most lost generation um in in the history of america do y'all do y'all feel that do y'all see that Uh, nick let me start with you bud
3: uh yeah man i would definitely say that i feel that almost to a level that isn't just confined to this generation which i definitely think that we um as generation z are kind of paving the way i guess in that sense but i feel like it's really just america as a whole especially
1: oh i agree with um, that.
3: really just in a place where we have not been at least since i've been alive and that um, we shouldn't be for sure
1: well on that point nick i mean that's never been this bad in fact i mean today uh, you know, I, I was listening to, there's a new song that we're going to do this weekend and are you playing this weekend? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's that new song we're doing and I don't want to spoil it on the podcast cause this will come out first, but, um, I listened to it about three or four times and it, it, it just, it's just basically that the message is come Lord Jesus. Um, yeah. and it's a beautiful, a sweet song, but I, I feel that, I mean, I, I I'm grieving. See, I got to experience this country before it was totally stupid. <laughs> Um, neither of you really have, uh, you know, I mean, and so does, do you feel the same way, Luke? I mean, uh, do, do you, I know that you said something to me the other day and it had to do with, uh, our granddad. So I, I'm going to give a little, you know, our granddad was born in 1924. He fought in World War II. He was on a ship for 26 months and... <clears throat> You made a statement that, you know, that generation, they, you had these young people who were signing up lying about their age so they could sign up to fight mm-hmm. for their country. Um, tell me tell me more about that, Luke.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, now, you know, we're, I mean, if there was a war to break out, like everyone hates America and we don't stand for what we believe in. And half the problem is we don't even know what we believe in. Uh, and that's it's just sad. I mean, the founding fathers built this country on God. And now it's kind of the separation of religion and politics, which I don't feel like you should ever take God out of anything. And, I mean, like I said the other day with our granddad, he they, that generation, they lied about their age to go to war because they were that passionate about protecting our
1: country. Well, they, you're absolutely right. And I – it's different for you all in a little sense. I mean, so I'm – I, you know i was born in the middle in the mid 70s um, and so i remember as uh, as the 1984 olympics and uh, ronald reagan was president the gipper and i remember watching i can even remember with this bit it's this huge tv i mean it's, but anyway these is a big old you know crt screen but i remember watching um, mary lou Rett, and i think is mary I, but it, i remember just people standing on the podium and wearing the, you know, the American flag coming down behind them. And just, uh, they play the American, you know, just our national anthem. And I, I, I had an overwhelming, just, I wouldn't say religious experience, but I mean, I, I felt so proud to be an American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that is an experience that either of you have gotten to have. Is that, would you agree with that?
2: I mean, look at the the women's soccer player. I forget her name, but it's just like her entire thing is she hates America. I mean, she plays for USA. Revenue. It was like she was, yeah, yeah. It's just like that's kind of what I've grown up with is, you know, they they hate USA. She, I'm pretty sure she refused to go uh, to meet Trump when they won. Mm-hmm. And it's sad.
1: What about you, Nick? Do you feel kind of the same way or do you, have you had that feeling of just being extremely proud of your nation or do you feel like everybody else is kind of against it and you're the only one for it?
3: I think I have. I think um, we're fortunate to be in the Panhandle and I've gotten small glimpses of that, but on a super large scale, like you're talking about, I don't think I've ever really gotten to see, unless I'm watching, you know, NASCAR or something. But,
1: well, not yeah, even NASCAR now, dude. NASCAR yeah. had a Drag Day, Drag Queens, LGBTQ Day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, NASCAR is turning woke, man. I That's mean, true. it's 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 absolutely everywhere. Um, I, I remember when we could at least agree on stuff like that. Sports. Let's talk about sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, I used to be able. It didn't matter if you're a Democrat. It didn't matter if you're a Republican. <clears throat> you know, your generation is, like I mentioned, is the most liberal generation in American history to the point where they believe. I mean, they, they, they just – they don't do any research. They, they just believe what the mainstream media and the, the, the leftists say. And what's crazy is that Democrats – and I'm not trying to make this about Democrats or Republicans. There's plenty of Republicans I don't like either. What's going on in the House and all these – I mean, it's – we – even – there were things that Republicans and Democrats, we, we, we would agree on. Satan is bad. We used to agree on that. And we can't even agree on that now. Um, but we could watch football. I could, we could, you could take two guys who might disagree politically, um, but we could go sit down, watch a football game, hang out. There was no no politics to it. It was apolitical, like the military is supposed to be. And now even the military is political, and and that that is just it's, so for your generation to see this. I mean, it it burdens my heart. Um, so I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, first of all. Um, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge that your generation is facing? Luke, I'll let you uh, take I'll it go. first.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of it's the, the media, um, you know, our, I feel like the media is definitely controlled and I, I feel like our generation just kind of doesn't do the research. They don't really care. Uh, just kind of that group think mentality of whatever's popular. I'm just going to go with that. And when all your media that you see, you intake, is completely against Christianity, I mean, that's just kind of what they go for. That's just what they believe.
1: Well, so it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. So it's called collectivism. And this is something that uh, wasn't actually a narrative that, that we had previously. And collectivism is just that, that they don't, they're, first of all, as Christians, as believers, where do we get our mm-hmm. identity? Christ. Yeah. 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 Right? Okay. So if you can't, if you don't know God, you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you can't know your purpose. I mean, but every person, we were all, and you can't get away from this. We were designed by God to be worshipers, to worship him. So your generation, I mean, I see him worshiping all kinds of things from, you know, the electronics and video games to the phone. I mean, social media, social media is the most demonic thing uh, that's really come on. And it's been part of y'all's life. See, y'all have never been disconnected from the internet. Uh, I didn't have, and get this. Okay. So. Here's, we're talking, I was talking to Brandy about this the other day. I mean, we we were married and had uh, two kids before the first smartphone was available. Think of that. Okay, shut up, Luke. I see you laughing. I'm not that old. (laughs) All right. But um, what my point is, is how quickly all this has come Mm -hmm. on the scene. Um, So, what's your take? I mean, you know, what, what do you feel like? You know, we talked about the biggest. In hurdles that your generation is facing, um, why do you think that your generation and, and Nick? I'm going to start with you on this one, but why do you think uh, that your generation is so easily led away from God?
3: Um, I think it's you know exactly as you were saying is we don't know who we are, we don't know what we want, what we don't want. All we know is that this idea that is pushed on us of I know what I want. I know what I feel, and I'm just going to go with whatever that is. And so if that is something I saw on Instagram today, then I'm going to go with that. And really I think that, and you were asking, Luke, I mean, what's the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge that we face as a generation is this idea that has been pushed on us of like, you know, you do you, you.
1: That's a horrible phrase. Yourself.
3: Oh yeah. And you, um, do exactly what you feel and do whatever you want. And we're just gonna take away all the consequences to that so that you get to feel better. When at the end of the day, you know, we end up feeling worse. But.
1: hmm. So you you touch on a point there, okay? So, um, I mean, I've taught for for, for years and years about just how horrible, I mean, emotions are wonderful servants, but they're horrible masters. And everything you hear now is, well, how do you feel? You know, I mean, and we're not taught what to do with emotions feelings are real, but, you'll, but they, you can really feel them. But an example of this is that I have been very angry uh, at Brandy before. And over the years, we have learned that, okay, I'm mad at you. And here's what you said. And this is what I heard. And and so it's like, is that, and it's, oh, no, that's not what I meant at all. What does the word say about, you know, the, the enemy that he's the accuser of the brother? He wants to accuse us to one another. So what does that do? I have had feelings. In fact, I heard uh, i think chris valden say this way if i had uh, a friend who lied to me as often as my my feelings we wouldn't be friends <laughs> you know yeah i think yeah. it's a good so so i think you touch on a really important point that people are led by their emotions where do you where do you feel like your generation like is there's we all have to have a source right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i've watched you two young men uh nick I meant to get some some b tape of you playing in worship. I tell you what I just want to brag on on you uh, I don't want to swell your head or anything but you you lead worship and you're a phenomenal worship leader you're twenty two okay. years old and you lead with authority um and i i just i want you to touch on that for a minute where Where does this come from? i mean because you get up there and you really do it like i mean you're an old pro oh
3: thank you I appreciate that absolutely uh, um man, I would say that. Thankfully, none of it comes from me. You know, if, if any of it came from me, if any of it was me trying to do something or create something, then it would just all go to crap. Um, and thankfully, that authority isn't grounded in anything that I have to do with worship or the songs that I might have chosen that week or or how I feel that morning. You know, we were talking about feelings, but that authority really just comes from Christ.
1: It does. It um,
3: does and i think it's in acts paul's talking about you know i am who i am because christ has has made me this way he has trained me up to be this way and thankfully i have had nothing to do with you know any authority or anything good about me but it is all just the lord thankfully pushing his way through you know the mess that is nick Emmel. so
1: well and you've had some good mentors along your way yeah Amen. Uh, um, I know that Carrie Watley, you played with her mm-hmm. in the youth at one point, right? And Paxton, yeah. Paxton plucked you, uh, oh, you yeah. know, and uh, and so you've had some good people pour into you. Who who are some of the other people? I know that Carrie and Paxton have definitely poured it, but who, just in your life, it doesn't have to be necessarily worship. But who are the yeah. people that have poured into your life that have helped guide you down this path? Because you had to have influence. If you were influenced mm-hmm. solely by you did make these choices, which I commend you, but you, I feel like you've had to have good people lead you. In this direction, who would you give credit to?
3: Yeah, of course. Um, I would definitely give a lot of credit to Tommy and Lana Spencer. Um, they were people in my life through thick and thin, through me just figuring out, you know, what a guitar is and what worship is. You know, Tommy gave me these opportunities that looking back, I'm like, I don't know why in the world Tommy would give, you know, a, a freshman in high school, a sophomore in high school, an opportunity to lead all these people when I've maybe He's done it that way. You know,
0: he yeah, saw something. He
3: yeah, and so he really um, – he has a great gift of just having a lot of faith in people um, and seeing the best in people, and thankfully, you know, that that was seen in me. And so he's been a, a huge role and a huge part of my life.
1: Well, I, that's beautiful. Well, I'm going to pose the same question to you, Luke, so I want to brag on you a little bit. Um, you know, I know that I'm the good-looking brother, uh, <laughs> but – you know, in all honesty, you're, you're, you've always been a good kid. Um, I'm proud of who you are. Um, so, and you chose early on, I mean, I remember just having conversations and, and watching you, uh, you chose early on that you wanted to go down the right path. You wanted to be pure when you get married. Um, so who are the people that influenced you, uh, in this direction?
2: Uh, definitely our dad. Um, I mean, ever since I was a kid, he poured wisdom into me and he, always was very good about letting me make my faith my own and not casting his on me. And uh, I mean, that's been a huge blessing. And then also Cody Hodges, uh, he led a Bible group I started going to when I was in uh, junior in high school. And that's kind of where my passion came for preaching. And it's kind of, he poured a lot into me and kind of taught me a lot about that and just had a lead. And he's been a huge mentor in my life.
1: Well, I tell you, you know, I remember when I was a young man, I was married even, uh, I was asking guys, "Like God, I want a mentor. I want somebody to mentor me. And then I realized how many mentors I actually had in my life. Um, Yeah. And and people who had been steering me away from stupidity. Because, see, unlike, you you know, you guys, uh, I had a proclivity to be, you know, I was a very immoral young man, but I was an idiot. Uh, and, and some might argue that I still am, but, uh, you know, I'm a redeemed idiot now, let me put it that way. Yeah. All but, right. but the one thing that, that is, you know, when you finally have that encounter with God, and so I, I have a couple of things I want to touch on. So if I were to ask you guys, do you believe we're living in end times? How does your generation, how do you respond to that right now? Do you think that you're living in end times? I'm going to kick off with you, Nick. I'm putting yeah. you on the spot
3: no that's all right um i think i haven't looked at this um a ton but i think that whenever jesus ascended like we have been um in the end times i guess you could say i don't i don't know exactly the technical terms for that but i mean like i'm waiting i think everyone else all christians around me are waiting and like this is people continue to say like oh it's going to happen in. You know 2020 and 2000 and whatever but i think that you know these these end times is have just been happening and we've just been waiting um as the apostles were whenever jesus left them there um and they thought that was going to be a short period of time and you know some well, people think think no, so you know, now and, yeah but
1: well i kind of like in the chosen whenever you know they talk about you use the word soon how long is soon? You know, there's a kind of, if yeah, you haven't seen real. the shows and it's pretty funny, they, you know, like, cause soon can be, well, how long is soon? Um, uh-huh. you know, the, the reason I say that is because I know a lot of young people who are, are grieving, um, you know, kind of because everybody keeps talking inside the church in, in, you know, Jesus says we won't know the day nor the hour. Um, and I've been I do a lot of eschatology on this so if you've been watching the podcast you kind of know where I stand on the whole thing. However, we are still here. Okay? And I'll go ahead and tell you guys this. If anybody ever says that Jesus come back on this date, you can go ahead and scratch that one off the calendar because it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um you know, the the thing is is that we are here and what God has con- commanded us to do is to to proclaim his name above all names to te- go out and and make disciples. Um, to, to be the salt and the light, that's who you guys are. <clears throat> and so, I mean, it's important that you don't let some of the, 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 the conversation over here on the end time stuff just say, ah, well, because in fact, that happened in the 1970s and called the Jesus Revolution, 60s and 70s. If you all heard about that, you'll probably seen the movie. Um so, yeah. Okay, but uh, the, what it was, there was, it was, there was just re- uh, revival happening all over uh, the country. And what so many people did is that instead of, going, you know, instead of going to college and getting in the workforce and everything else, they said, well, Jesus is coming back any day, so I'm just, I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to do anything. Well, we lost so many people that should have been in politics, that should have been in the school system, that should have been out there. And, that's what, and so the, there's a phrase that came from that that says that you can be so, earth, uh, so, so uh, heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And, and that's why I kind of posed that question. So how about you, Luke? I mean, do you feel, I mean, there's all this conversation around in times. Does does that, you feel like it has an impact on how you're making decisions?
2: No, because, um, I mean, it says, you know, like a groom waiting for the bride, you know, the, the only the father knows. And I think just my mentality on it is, you know, be ready, know where your faith is. Uh, but also like, you know, throughout the, the rest of the time, like bring as many people as you can. So, I mean, my mentality with it is, I mean, make sure I know where my faith is and know what I believe. And and while my time on earth, bring as many people as I can.
1: Well, that leads me to the next question I have for you guys. And that, and, and I'm, I'm very sincere in this. So you you know me, I'm an evangelist. I, I'm leading people to Christ is, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like my calling and, and what I'm supposed to do with my life. Um, I think that's what all of us are supposed to do. Okay. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you're called. But I'll tell you this: there, there's a generational divide. I, I and I'm I'm not trying to be mean. You, you two young men. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I, I get you a whole lot more than I get a lot of your generation. Some of the things that you know people wear and the way the stuff they listen to. And I'm like, man, pull up your pants. You know, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. You know, I, and so I try not to judge. Okay, you know, it's one of those struggles that we all have. But there's there's a divide, right? Even to how, like, we wear, we wear hats. So, you know, I'm wearing a hat, and, I, and you have a little bit of a curve, but now it's like you're supposed to wear them like this, you know, totally flat yeah. out straight. All right. And so we see the world differently. Our worldviews are different. And if you have all these kids that are lost, and the world has them, the world has it figured out. TikTok has it figured out. How do we, this includes me, how do we go after your generation? I mean, we're, we're dropping the ball clearly. How do we reach your generation? Luke, I'll start with you this time.
2: I think the biggest thing for me is just being sincere. Um, I mean, with my classmates, I mean, a lot of my friends, I mean, they were kind of lost in the world and just throughout time. I mean, I didn't, you know, go up to them and, you know, the old Bible thumper and thump them with the Bible. I think that what worked for me is just having that time with them, the fellowship and really just being sincere with the time i spend with them and you know bringing christ into the conversation and letting his light shine through me being that light in a dark place that you know they eventually ask like hey like like why do you think the way you think and you know just being ready for that conversation
1: well i mean i think that's really good i mean we have to be able to defend our faith know why we believe why we Mm -hmm. what we believe right What about you? I mean, what are are some practical things that we can do, uh, Nick, going after your generation?
3: Um, I think it it just starts with understanding that, you know, when they're living and our generation is living as they are, you know, it's extremely hopeless. Um, I think you can see this a lot with other religions um, that whenever you're living, just spinning your wheels looking for something that you have to come to people knowing that, You know, they don't have hope. They don't have hope like we have hope. And so coming from it from a practical standpoint, I think it's just meeting people where they are and being sincere Mm -hmm. um, in your faith. I think a lot of people my age especially think that Christians are a very specific way, um, that they're extremely regimented and that they can't do anything or they're just really kind of weird. And so I think being sincere with them of like, I'm a Christian, I'm a person too, just like you and i'm not um depressed i have peace and hope and faith and something that's so much greater than you know whatever i want right now and so i think practically coming at it from that standpoint would be extremely helpful um to our generation
1: so you know there's a lot of things i mean the enemy he 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 comes you know around like a roaring lion right seeing what you can kill steal and destroy Mm -hmm. but and what that see that which you can devour. And and one thing he wants to devour this younger generation. So if you don't know who you are, you know, it's really easy to be just blown around like a, a leaf in the wind. Um and I, I think, you know first of all, I mean, if you have people have looked at me, I mean I look you look at me and like, Oh, that's gotta be some kind of, you know, cracker redneck, you know, I mean, until you get to know me, right? So we all form opinions. Um I guess I am. I have no problem. You can call me a cracker, whatever. I'm probably going to get banned on YouTube now. All right. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing is that we, we are we're so quickly and easily offended. Um, and I feel like that's one of the pro- – what makes it hard to, to reach out to your generation because m- much of your generation has the mentality that if you don't agree with everything they say or agree with everything they agree with, then you're their enemy. Is, is that is that true or am I just kind of interpreting it the wrong way?
2: Oh, no, that's true. Yeah,
1: yeah. Go ahead, Luke. Tell me. Go ahead. And...
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you don't agree with what they agree with, they kind of just attack you. Like, you know, you're you're homophobic, you're racist, you're sexist, all this stuff. And you know, it's just kind of having that foundation of, you know, it's it's, uh, you know, coming from what the the Bible says, and uh, you know, a lot of just being able to get to be able to have a civil conversation with them. And not just you know start you know that I feel like it's just so easy just to start that battle of fighting back and forth. And for me, I feel like just an an easier way to combat that is just you know like we've said being sincere and really taking that that uh, almost like approaching them where they're at and just yeah.
3: sitting down with them.
1: So you have you have a similar take on that, Nick?
3: Yeah, I think so, and. I think we can all attest to the the things that have happened mainly it's just division um among people i think especially in in politics and now it has trickled into you were talking about we can't even watch football with someone who opposes us politically now um and Mm -hmm. i think just trying to find a way around that to where like i'm not here to you know make light of our differences or argue with you or try and sway your opinions i'm here just to try and connect with you uh, like luke was saying
1: well i think that that kind of goes back to even talking about belief i told i mentioned you know earlier that god created us for worship period he created us to be in a relationship with him so if i do not if i'm not worshiping god i have to be worshiping something and i think that's one of the things where so your generation generation z is um the, the most activist and um, cancel culture generation, they're the ones. But what's interesting, when I started researching this, it was actually just small percentage. Only 2 to 5% of your generation are the ones creating all the trouble. Over 50%, and this, this number blew my mind, over 50% have an, of your generation have a negative view of cancel culture. Does that surprise you? Not yeah, really? a little bit. So, So what number surprises you?
3: Um, I think that that small number probably surprises me. That two to five percent is pretty surprising, but um, when you when you start to think about it, like they are really the loudest people, um, so it it would make sense that they're so small, but they're also um, extremely loud. So we don't really think about their numbers, I guess you could say.
1: Well, there's other groups that have done the same thing and taken over and hijacked nations, right? Maybe it's, yeah. I mean, this it goes. It's what not the Nazis. I mean, the Nazis were almost stamped out. Okay, I mean, and until you know, they they rode the wave of financial crisis in, you know, and and that's why you hear you hear all these politicians and all so they're always trying to create a crisis. You know, you've heard it said, you know, from you know, I, I don't want this to be a political, you know, uh, uh, podcast today, but they, you know, you can't let a, a good ca- you know uh, crisis go to waste. Well, that's the mentality that has been beat into. Um, Your generation so you're constantly looking for or there has to be or you thrive in uh, crisis and so Anyway, uh, well, I'll tell you this First of all guys, I appreciate you coming on and sharing do y'all have uh, any other final thoughts um, as we kind of start wrapping up here Luke you have any final thoughts No, No? all right. No, sir. Well, first of all, I want to just tell you I'm proud of you you two young men um Y'all are doing good. You're doing it right, uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and say this: it, it, it's not gonna be easy. I know it hasn't been easy, but because you're you're picking Jesus and because you're picking the path that you are, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I'll tell you this: God will be with you through every single step of that and piece of that. So I just uh, again, thanks for coming on the program, and uh, we'll have to do this again.
2: Oh yeah, well thanks, thanks for having us, Trent.
1: All right, thanks guys. All right, well, as I said, uh, this is, you know, uh, you know, one of those topics that as, as the adults and the parents of this generation that we need to be reaching out and having conversations. And, and so I, it's, it's just as a parent, I want to encourage you on this. Um, if, like I said, I've had a burden for a while, and, and the Lord has created an opportunity, opportunity for me to start sitting down with young men in this generation and to pass on what little knowledge I might have. But we have got to be the loudest and the closest voices to our children. And, and I'll tell you what, I'm just going to give a quick blurb for these. Do not give your kids one of these. And if you do, make sure that they don't have social media, because that's one of the things that will draw their ear away from you faster than anything else. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us here on Digging for the Truth. Uh, I appreciate you ha- uh, jo- uh, visiting us today. And I want to say this, if you have not liked or subscribed, please do. Tell your friends about the podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.